Actually, it's staying with me all week. And this week, um, there's been this, this horrible few photos floating around of me with hair. Have you seen those? So it's been a bit of a big week. A big week. And uh, there's been some backhanded compliments about how I look better without hair. I'll take that. Amazing. Thankfully, because I can't grow it back. But, um, but actually, it's been a great week, which for us, I've been really mindful of. Uh, of, uh, of just taking the opportunities. So this week uh, we got to uh, marry some uh, really close friends of ours, which was just an amazing day. And I preached uh, on, on a tree, on a tree. I said, what's the theme for the day? They said, oh, our theme is trees. I thought, it just sounds weird to speak on trees, doesn't it? So I got this example of this tree, and you'll love this. I said, as this tree grows, this apple tree, this baby apple tree, so your love for each other will grow. Oh, no, I laid it on thick. Anyway, most people there weren't churchgoers, and thankfully they loved the message. And all day long, Joe, it's so true, isn't it? All day long we heard these words. I'm not religious, but dot, 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 dot. I love that, because you know what's coming next. It means people are exploring. I'm not religious, but that message this morning... It really made sense, the, the bit about the roots and, you know, being planted in God and how he has your life. and Amazing. So we kind of just seized these moments. And uh, there was just one moment where I was chatting to this guy in a kilt, as you do. It sounds like a joke, doesn't it? And, uh, and I was talking to him, and he was saying how uh, they've struggled with fertility issues for a few years. And how there's three or four generations on his side of the family that are all boys. They can't produce girls, that's what he's saying. And, uh, and him and his, his good lady have been trying for a long time. And uh, he said, actually, we're just giving up. I'm 36, we've given up. There's, oh, there's no girl coming, he said in his Scottish accent. And uh, this was after like a few pints later, wasn't it, for him? Brilliant. So I said, I thought I'd roll the dice. I said, do you know what? Why don't I just pray for you right now? I'm not saying anything is going to happen, but let me just pray in that situation. But if you go home and, and you know, your marriage bed is blessed and you suddenly produce a female, you know what to do, right? You're going to give your life to Jesus because he's real. And, uh, and then also, you've got to uh, come and tell me about it. And then he stopped me there and he said, and he held my hand and he said, I didn't tell you, but we're not married. I said, oh, the deal's off. I said, I'll need another conversation with a big guy. If you're not married, the deal's off. I said, I'm joking. I said, so perhaps if, if you get pregnant, I said, you know, maybe make an honest lady of her. And anyway, so these conversations, just brilliant risk-taking moments. And the whole time, genuinely, Michael Burns, who's doing things with this talk that I'm giving? So thank you, Mike. Really, really just encourage me to be gutsy and to take risks. Um, it prompted us through these conversations to think about uh, just walking closer with Jesus. And I want to ask you four questions this morning. Do you want to spice up your, your relationship with God today? Do you want to see his provision in your life? Experience miracles in the workplace when you pray for mates or just the mundane actions of living life but knowing that God is working through the small, insurmountable but also the large moments of he's clearly there. I think you do. Do you want to know his closeness? I think you do. You're in church today. And Theologically, we can explain and unpack all of this, but I think we've got to start taking risks with our faith. We've got to begin to, to roll the dice and say, God, I have to give you moments of opportunities for you to move in my life. And, and I think this is just some of the things that we are beginning to unpack as a church. What chokes you? What stops you from taking risks? What are some of the factors that keep us from taking risks. And I've labelled just a few, but feel free to shout some out. Uh, I think comfort is the major one. We like to be comfortable, don't we? Absolutely. Some of us sit in the same chair every single week at church. I do. I sit here. 
I might spice it up next week and sit on this side, keep you all guessing. It's true, isn't it? We're just, you know, we're, we're comforts, uh, creatures of, of comfort. Um, what about uh, rejection? That's a big one. And, and, and this, I know we can put it to every area of our lives, our work, our marriage, our finances, our health. But for a little bit, I want to talk about church. Because St. Paul, as we delve into Scripture in just a few moments, he unpacks, and I love this theme about his life, he always talks about uh, how his call is for Christ. It's not about his profession necessarily, or raising a family, or location, or future stuff. But everything he does is always through a lens of, I've got to reach people for Jesus. So I want us to live in that place for a few moments. When it comes to taking risks... Where are we at in, in sharing our faith? Where are we at in, uh, in just saying, actually, there's an opportunity there when someone says uh, there's an ailment to just pray. We had a whole booking yesterday, and I missed this one. And I, I went home and I thought, I should have jumped on it. We had a whole booking. This family came in, amazing. I was just closing up. But as this lady left, she said that her husband was in the car. He struggles with heart failure and uh, obviously things he can do, all the stuff that normal people can do, but, but struggles health-wise. So she just told me this information, and I took it on as information, and, and I said, I'm so sorry to hear that. And then she left, and I thought, Elijah, you numped it. You should have just said, can I pray for him? Just dead easy. And I know it's not about you know, hitting 10 out of 10, but it's just the mentality of saying, actually, I want to step into a space. We had probably the best connect group at our house this week. For me personally, I felt it was on fire, great conversation, uh, just felt Jesus was there. Just one of those moments. And uh, in the conversation that we were studying, uh, some of the stuff from Stephen Furtick's talk on about faith, and uh, Stephen Furtick was chatting around uh, the idea of uh, presenting people to Jesus and how Jesus, in, through scripture, uh, began to heal people. But actually, in that bit as well, what really became evident to me is that for Jesus, who we, you know, we uh, are the hands and feet for, Jesus often, you know, just gives life, doesn't he? And I suddenly began to think about taking risks, knowing that we possess within us and through us the idea to bless people. So this guy yesterday, Lord, I just want to I pray a blessing on his life. Who knows what would have happened with that prayer? But these are the moments that we as the church have got to start to take. Because if we don't, then nobody else does. So, rejection, fear. I'm just scared. Am I going to pray a prayer and no one's going to answer? I'm going to look like a right plonker. And that is a crippling fear, isn't it? And I'm sure most of us have been in a place where we think, shall I pray it? Shall I pray it out loud? No, I won't. It's just, it's just, you know, I don't want to put myself in that situation. And that's okay, but this series is about taking action. Uh, and I think this is a huge one as well, just the lack of belief, doubt, in God perhaps coming through or not coming through. Is that one that you struggle with? And, and this thought hit me that Jesus became uncomfortable so that we could become comfortable. Isn't that true? He left heaven and all of his glory so that we could be comfortable in a relationship with him. But actually, we're not supposed to remain comfortable. We too are supposed to be uncomfortable. We're supposed to be bothered by the fact that this world, if we believe in what scripture tells us, if they don't know Jesus Christ, are probably heading into somewhere that isn't too pretty and is very hot, or whatever your theology is. And actually, this should make us uncomfortable because this gives us a clear direction in our lives, not to be raving evangelists, but to look for the simple opportunities to know that we are a blessing to our communities, to each other, to our relationships. We've got to be a force for good. But first of all, we've got to begin to take risks. 
Someone, I think it was Mike, shared last week that, um, that the, the guy who founded this church, John Burns, he used to say, risk is spelt faith. And just as the Bible, you can never add to the Bible because it's a, it's a finished, complete article. I never want to add to the words of John Burns. Uh, but I think actually risk is uh, about being, not just having faith, but being faithful. Because, because risk really, and taking risk, biblical risk, is a simple act of obedience. Do you know what I mean by that? That it means that when you're in a relationship with Jesus, that actually you should be moving forward, trusting him, knowing that actually when you pray things, things are going to happen. When you believe in things, things are going to happen. Because ultimately, we believe in a truth. That Jesus died, that he rose again. And because of that fact, our lives and the lives of those around us can be impacted for good. Because there's a hope and a future, right? So even on the darkest days of, you know, someone finding out that they are terminally ill, you know, there's a hope there, isn't there, that it's not the end. You know, when we think about our loved ones who, who have passed away or, you know, the situation at work where someone's just saying, it's awful. Well, we know awful is awful, but actually there's a hope and a future. And that's what we as Christians possess that lots of people don't. Some people think, as we know, that the end, they think the end's just the end, Right? I do my 70 years if, if I'm good and if, if it's great and if I'm healthy and happy. And then after that, there's just nothing. And actually, how do people live in that space of thinking about nothing? But we believe that through Jesus Christ, that actually we get to embrace eternity with him. That after this, there's an ongoing after party of celebration and life and joy and peace and no more sickness and, 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 or death or decay. And that's why we get to sing and worship that, God, you're, you're, you're worthy of our praise because you bring life from death. Amen, somebody? Come on. So, so this causes us to take risks. This causes us to think, actually, I don't want to stay comfortable because comfortable means I'm just, I'm boring. But actually, when I begin to put my faith on the line and trust that Jesus is going to bring life through my work situations, into my romance, into my finance, into every other aspect of my life when I trust in him, that begins to shake things off. So when we think about this idea of being faithful and how that equals, uh, equates to risk, I think it's really an act of obedience. And if we are being obedient to Christ, then is it ever a risk? If we're, if we're being faithful to, to living out our lives as, as Christ followers and you know, start in the morning by saying, Lord, today would you bless all I do? Would you be in everything? I worship you. I pray today you're glorified. I pray today that in my workplace or in my relationship or my comings and goings, that you just give me an opportunity to usher in the kingdom of God, to pray some good prayers, to, 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 to speak some truth into people's lives, to be a blessing. Then actually, is that taking risks for Christ? Or is it just being faithful and knowing that he will provide? The great paradox is that it's never actually a risk, is it? when we are living a life for Christ. We may think there's risks there. And clearly we feel the risks. I don't want to minimize those. Of course we feel risks. We're human. We don't know if, if it's going to come through. But I suppose that's where our faith has to rise. And faith says, I see, I see and I believe the things that aren't yet here. And that's what faith is. So when we begin to put these things into practice, when we pray about this guy with a heart condition in the car, I believe, Lord, just things we can't see yet, but I believe there's a blessing on his life. It doesn't mean his heart will beat normally, but perhaps he'll just have an amazing energy for a few days or, or whatever else. Who knows? But the riskier the outcome seems, 
we're always safe with Jesus. Uh, there's two things going on in my life at the moment I just want to share really quickly. Because I think for Joe and I, we like to take risks. Sometimes we feel just we don't. Then other times we stop and think, what are we doing? Jesus needs to come through. The first one, is this blooming Alpha Course? <laughs> I mean, it's the first one we've done. Is anyone going to turn up to Alpha Course? Are there any people who don't know Jesus going to turn up to this thing? We don't know. Is there going to be five of us in this, in this, in this room? We're going to get all these volunteers serving. Sound's going to be amazing. And then literally we're going to look at each other. And ultimately, you're going to look at us and think, it was your idea. You made us do this, Elijah. So, you know, there's these moments where you think, no, because it's not a risk. Jesus is going to sh- he's going to bring who he wants to bring. And the conversations are going to be fruitful. And afterwards, we're going to high-five each other. We're going to fist pump because we're going to think, we put it on the line and look what happened. I know it seems small, but that's a big thing for us. So if you haven't signed up yet, go and sign up. <laughs> We'd love to see you there. Just to make me feel more comf- uh, confident and secure. The second is, I work for this organization, and our aim is to tackle global poverty. And there's some amazing people there. I'm the least educated, and they, all, they do the hard work. I just make them look pretty. But the biggest external project we've ever done to date, guess who's in charge? Me. And, uh, and for some reason, we've hired the largest cathedral in Europe as one of the three gig sites. And I was there last week. And I was there, and, and it was massive. It's like 700 times the size of this building. And I stood there thinking last week, and I thought, Elijah, you've done it again. You've just done it again. Why have you, why have you, just, why have you become so uncomfortable? You could have had an easy ride. You could have hired a 200-seater and known that it would be filled 10 times over. You would look glorious in front of the CEO. Yet you're a proper pleb when this is half empty. And again, everyone's going to look at you and think, what have you done? But then I got on the train home and I thought, Do you know what? Stuff that voice. It's going to be rammed. It's going to be alive. It's going to be electric. We've put the work in. We've been totally obedient. We, 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 do, we do think it's a God thing. You know, all of these factors. And then you th- it's these moments. Do you have these moments where you just think, why have you done that? But then, for some reason, the payoff. And then your faith begins to rise. And then you doubt Jesus again about two weeks later when he asks you to do something small. Will you do it, Lord? He must get sick of the recurring voice. But actually, this is what it means when St. Paul was writing in Corinthians 9, uh, verse, uh, uh, chapter 9, verse 19 to 27. And St. Paul's always writes through the lens of building the local church. It's never about building him. Have you noticed that? It just hit me this morning. And often when I try and bring a message to you as a, as a church, and I try and speak to myself, I often try and make it about all areas of, of your life. This morning, I can't, even, I can't do that. I think it's about the local church. And St. Paul says this, For though I am free from all, because he knows that Jesus has chopped the chains off. He's given him a, a plan and a purpose. He said, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. that's his life's message right there that I might win more of them and he's talking about people who don't know Jesus and this is St. Paul who was an eyewitness of Jesus Christ who who heard about Jesus saw Jesus he actually persecuted the early church did you know that? like he hated Christians but then when Jesus met him face to face there was such an about turn in his character in his personality that he thought, I've got to tell the world about Jesus. I'm just, that's amazing. And then St. Paul goes on and says this, To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being under the law myself, 
that I might win those who are under the law. So those outside of the law, and he's talking about Jews and Gentiles, those who are God's chosen people who think they were the special bunch, but also those who were adopted in and grafted in, which all of us are, were adopted into his family. So then St. Paul says, to those who were outside of the family, I become like them. I speak like those guys. I hang around with those guys. I say things that are just relevant to their situation. And, um, and it's so important. I was with a, a church leader this week, and he was saying that they uh, use a brass band uh, as evangelism. And, uh, and I thought, that's really interesting and, and really powerful. Because God uses all sorts, doesn't he, to reach people? Totally. I would never use a brass band, because I just... I just, I wouldn't. But his story of what, how God uses him and, and, and that, that ministry, it's incredible. So St. Paul's kind of writing to the church saying, use what's in your hands. Use who you are. If you're great in the gym and you know people there, talk about the gym. Talk about your body. If, if the workplace is your forte, just wow people with, with work knowledge. Whip them up in a frenzy and then wham them with Jesus. Whatever works for you. Just these moments of finding normality in our lives without being freaky. And then he says this, to the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, and I love this line, that I may share with them in its blessings. Because the gospel, which is what? It's that Jesus, it's the good news of Jesus. It's what we believe as a church, that Jesus came, he died, he rose again. And that when he rose again, he extended hands to all of us and said, come and journey with me. So you've got a hope and a future. That's the gospel. So are we taking the right sort of risks is my question to you this morning. Not to your spouse, not to your best friend, not to the person behind you, just to you this morning. Are we taking the right sort of risks? Because we can take all sort of risks. But if like St. Paul says, if it's not around the, the church and around the gospel, then actually... It's a great risk, potentially, but, but actually this is the focus this morning. And, uh, and I just want to hashtag this, win. For St. Paul, it was all about winning souls for Jesus Christ. And I want to say this to, to you as well, and I know so many of us know this. Is our workplace is important, our marriage is important, if we have children, totally important, our hobbies are important, absolutely every part of our lives, I believe God dotes over. I think he wants us to have fullness, to see the world, to have good things, to, to have great friends and relationships, I believe in all of that. But actually, I think the bottom line for each of us is to win people for Jesus when we come into relationship with him. Are you in church today and you don't know Jesus Christ? I would invite you to come and know Jesus Christ. He's the best decision I've ever made. We were 10 years married this week. Joe, you wrote on the card, it's the best decision, uh, decision you've ever made. It's, it's wrong. Babe, it's wrong. Jesus is the best decision. I'll always hit number two. But, um, but it's true, isn't it? Have you, have you decided to follow Jesus yet? I want to encourage you. And so do the saints in this room. Make a decision this morning to follow him. Because do you know what it does? It's suddenly, it's like the blinkers come off. You begin to see new things. When I became a Christian, I used to look at people and think, you're amazing. Wow, you're fantastic. It's incredible. We begin to see people like Jesus sees people. We see such value and worth. We have patience where we were angry and aggressive. We have a joy where we just thought, actually, I feel depressed and insecure. I'm not saying you stay like that. You don't. It's ups and it's downs. But that moment of knowing that Jesus, the king of the universe, 
locks eyes with you and says, I know you by name. I made you in your mother's womb. I know all the things about you. And as Joseph shared before, the past is behind me and, and ahead of me, it's all blessed. So I want to invite you to come into a relationship with him today. And for those who are already believers, is our number one priority about winning souls for him? Is it truly? And if it's not, can we realign ourselves today and make that the priority? Because actually when, we, when that's the priority, we begin to take risks on people and for people. And perhaps we're in church today and we've taken risks before on people. And it never pays off. People always let us down, right? But actually when we come again and say, Jesus, I worship you. That actually as Jesus died on the cross, he said, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And there's something of God begins to creep into our personalities because we begin again to take risks on people. And um, I just want to share that. 10,080 minutes per month. That's what you and I have to play with. Per month. 10,080. And uh, Matthew 10.8 says this. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So good. The kingdom of heaven is those moments of breakthrough. Of knowing that when we, as Matthew says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. And you received without paying, give without pay. That's what Jesus says. And he says that as he calls the 12 apostles to go and minister. I want to say that over you guys today. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Goodness gracious me, yes it is. Heal the sick, raise the dead, pray for your, your colleague over the printer, pray into the situation before you leave for work, bless your families as you put your head in the pillow at night. Because guys, we received without paying, but actually we've got to give without expectation of pay as well. I want to do it because this is what he calls me to do. Are you too comfortable? Are you already pension planning? I know what the end destination is. Give me 65. This is how much is in my account. I'm happy. Thank you very much. Are we pension planning? For some of us, we're thinking, what the heck's a pension? I wish I knew what a pension was. Um, for some of us, next week is organized to death. Hey, do you want to make it for a coffee? I can't. I'm maxed out. Just every minute is maxed out. Tell me, how, how's God going to move in that? We've got to give space for, for him to move. Not that he won't move in. In a, in a busy week, absolutely you will. But you know what I mean. Please give me some grace with that. Is your friends list full? I'm maxed. You know, there's nothing else that he can add to my life. I've just, I'm, I'm the finished article. Are we too comfortable, too status quo? Church is time to, to take risks. Mr. Rick Dudley often challenges me with this thought of, we come to a point as, as church, not just us, but as church as a body. And, and we've got an opportunity to, 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 to step over uh, into some new stuff as, as, as people and as a church. But often comfort hits and we think, that's uncomfortable. I, I don't want to do that for whatever reason. But this morning and over the last few weeks of this series, it's about taking action. Risk taking. So, St. Paul, for him it was the sake of the gospel. And I was reminded of how uh, the verse tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to us. So let's realign ourselves this morning to seeking first the kingdom of God. And for some of us, we need to enter the kingdom of God. And that's by saying, Jesus, I want to give you my heart, my life. I want you, the creator, to bless it. And then also, for, for some of us, it's the easy risk when it comes to local church is this alpha course. It's inviting our friends and our colleagues. I've been honestly, just we were just it was a joy to hear this week in our connect group, three or four people share how they've uh, invited their friends. 
and already just said, hey, would you come and join us on this course? They don't go to church. You know, I'm not sure of, the, of the, the, the scenarios of their lives. And it's really challenged us. You know, who do we invite? You know, is it our neighbor and, you know, our neighbors? Who is it? Who can we invite and just begin to take a risk on? And perhaps we pray for a couple of weeks and God, would you reveal somebody to me? Would you be working in their heart and their life? Wouldn't it be amazing to see our friends here loving what's going on? And then a few weeks' time beside you, hands in the air, bawling like a little baby, saying, Jesus, I love you. You're amazing. I'd love it. If that happened, I would die and go to heaven early. That is just amazing. And then also, he's a big one. And this is never an easy one. And we never do this in our church. But I felt a real challenge to do this. Is that there's something about being all in. Uh, in terms of just, just saying to ourselves, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust God. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to be obedient. And, and actually, for some of us in church, we've been a part of this thing here for a while now, coming for months, for years. But for some of us, don't throw stones, please. For some of us, we're not, we're not all in yet. You know, we, we are still treading around the edges of everything. And I want to challenge us to be all in. What does that mean for you, being all in? Well, only you know. But here's a few things that it looks like for Joe and I. It means we give time. We give energy. We, we open ourselves up to say, actually, God, you know, what do you want to do in and through here? It means financially we back the church because we believe in the local church. It's, it's, the, it's the bride of Christ. And for some of us, we're not all in. Finances are ours. No one's having anything to do with our finances. I'm not saying you're giving it to me. I don't take a salary from church. I don't want to take a salary. But you're giving it to partner with the kingdom of God. Do you want to see people reach for Jesus? We've got to be all in. Because we can only do it with resource, time and energy. And for some of us, we are so faithful we do that. We are all in. But for others, we just need to get over ourselves and think, God, it, it's not about just me, my pension plan, my future, just what you've got for me. Actually, Jesus, I've got to take risks. I've got to build what you're passionate about, which is his local church. And I'm sorry if that's an uncomfortable message. We're not a money-grabbing church. We never talk about this. But actually, if we don't mention it, we're not being faithful and obedient. Because I believe Christ calls us to be all in with every area of our lives. Our time, our energy, our resource, our generosity, our house, our food, whatever. I'm so inspired by St. Paul. And hopefully inspires all of us to be more risky this week. We're going to take communion. And uh, for those who, um, who want to, and communion uh, is, is the idea around gathering and remembering all that Jesus has done for us. And a chance to say, I'm all in again. And now this can be as relaxed as you like. It can be as somber as you like. It can be as celebration-esque as you like. Approach it however you want. Because this is a moment for you and your saviour to say, Jesus the past is behind me and ahead of me is blessed. And that's what we're doing, recognizing that we're going from this moment. And I want to read from the dialogue and the conversation of Jesus to his disciples. And Jesus said, um, uh, sorry, and verse 26 said, While they were eating, Jesus took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, to each of you here today, saying, Take, eat as a physical symbol of, of me always being with you, my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins.
I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine again until that time when my father's kingdom comes. And he's alluding to the fact that he's gone to the cross. And after that, when they had sung a hymn, when they'd worshipped God in heaven, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And we know the story leads to the cross, which leads to life for us. So I want to invite you to come and take life this morning. Um, our prayer team are going to be around. And uh, if, if some of this has stirred something in you, if, if actually we just hold things too tightly and we'd love some prayer, just, you know, just that God would be blessing and would just allow us to see these moments of his movement, we would love to pray into your life. If you want to come before Jesus, the one who invites you this morning, we would absolutely be thrilled to pray for you. Nothing freak is going to happen apart from your world's going to be rocked. And you get to live forever. And it means that even when the bad times come, that actually you still get to rejoice. And it's a win-win. And for the rest of us, let's come and just remember as the saints gather that actually we, we come and we, we rest in him. And we go from this point knowing that we too are a blessing to this world around us. What a force for good we are. Incredible. Lord, as we come and take communion in a few moments, we are just so grateful that you're a loving father, that you care so deeply about every part of our lives. And Lord, you say come. Come, take, eat. Find nourishment in you. And Lord, I pray this morning that's exactly what happens, that we find nourishment in you. For those who feel malnourished, or it's been a while since your peace has invaded our lives, that Jesus, right now, your presence would just be moving and ministering across your church, strengthening your saints for action, emboldening us to take a stand in our faith. Jesus, the graveyard is full of people who died comfortable, who didn't take God-sized risks. And Lord, I just want to think about the dreams and the visions that you put in our hearts here today. I want to think about the people who we know in our families, our friends, our workplaces, and even the people we haven't met yet. And I want to think about the risks that we take that are going to knock on to people's eternities. Jesus, would you call your church, would you call us, would you give us such a desire and a passion to see people come into relationship with you? And Lord, alongside that passion this week, just this week, while it's fresh in our thinking, I ask right now, Lord, that you be ordaining great conversations, just moments of chatter and opportunity to bless and to speak life and to serve knowing that what we do really does change the course of history. So Lord, we come. We come in celebration and we come in reflection and we take and we eat. And the bride of church prayed with all of her might. Amen. Come on. I think if the worship band come and play behind us and, um, and, and this is a moment for you. Stand, sit, worship, put a hand on someone. Uh, if I can ask some of the, the prayer team just to hover by the chairs, we would love to pray for you. And then let's come and take communion and let's, let's worship and be filled. Are we up for that?